Welcome to episode 60 of The Ball Run, the official podcast for snooker professional Stuart Bingham. This Cogto PR content is sponsored by Q Creator, the experts in bespoke Q design. It's a show in which I, sports journalist James Colasanti, ask the man nicknamed Ball Run about recent results, life on tour and life in general. Good morning, mate. How are you today? All good, thanks. Like, looking forward to getting on the plane down to Scotland. Absolutely. You're in your air miles. We'll have to have an ad at one of these uh, these years. Mr. Carbon Footprint, but that's, uh, that's one for another day, I suppose. Um, okay, so a fair bit of match action to pick through. So we'll dive straight in and start with the International Championship. Um, you started with a, a nip and tuck win over Matthew Stevens. Um, it's a very decent scoring, which included three fifties and a couple of tons. Um, but then you then fell to a second defeat to Ali Carter in two events in China this winter. Um, the captain also came out on top in a Wuhan Open clash. Uh, so China back on the schedule and, and back in full swing. Um, but how did you reflect on those two matches on that uh, on that long plane journey back home? Um, yeah, obviously it was good to get back to. China, but uh, losing to that little git. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, to be honest, uh, the first one in Wuhan, I threw away really, four one up. Yeah. Um, but the, obviously the one in um, Tianjin, uh, the international. Mm. Um, but from two one down, he, he hardly missed a ball to to go five two. Um, I was sort of pulled it back a couple of frames, um, but just just wasn't meant to be. He, he was just playing a bit too good and. Yeah. Um, sort of, yeah. He's just he's obviously confident with the sort of the run he's got been going on for the last sort of year or two. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Like I say, he played well from two one and simple as that. You do come up against these sort of players that do that. Mm, absolutely. Um, after China, you returned home for a UK Championship qualifier with David Lilly. Uh, despite a couple of 90 breaks, you lost 6-2. Um, I had a quick look uh, into David this morning. David's got a very interesting snooker backstory. He's the only turned pro in 2019 after 30 years as an amateur uh, and since joining the pro, rag- pro ranks. I believe he's had a couple of wins over you. Um, so I just wondered, you know, what's his game like? What sort of challenges does he present? Yeah, we, we actually go back years. Um, we actually shared a room in the in Zimbabwe at the World Amateur in 97. The year you won it? Like, no, no, the uh, the year after. Oh, it was 96, I, I, wasn't it? Of course, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I lost in the final. Right, so of course, yeah. Oh, wow, okay, you go that I far back. Blame, yeah. I actually do blame him for that. Is that right? <laughs> okay, okay, go on, tell us a little bit about that. What, what, what I can't. No, oh, no, he's no, one no. of them, is it? Yeah. Isn't off the record, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, but in terms of his game and, you know, where he is now sort of thing? Yeah, no, he's really solid. He, he He's a very sort of, sort of plain Jane. He's like, he takes what's in front of him and, and like I say, both games he's beat me in. Um, he beat me in Northern Ireland and he, yeah. obviously in the UK. He just didn't miss. Um, I was a bit annoyed with my game in Northern Ireland. I was I was a bit gutted how I played, but he, he took his chances. Mm. Uh, but I sort of said hats off. I said, well played again. Yeah. At four, he, he, he was 4 new. I missed a black in the first frame off the spot. Um, but then from there, he, like, he, he hardly missed the ball. Mm. Um, he snookered me in one frame. Um, I sort of got out of it, left it semi-safe, and he potted the red, screwed off the pack, mm. and uh, yeah, he obviously, I think he won the frame from it. But yeah, he's very, uh, very solid. Um, so sort of good cue action, very compact, and uh, yeah, he's, he's like I say, just one of those days that 
the guy I play just played really well. Yeah. Simple as that. Do you reckon with David, it's one of them where, because he knows you and that, you know, that familiarity, it's a bit like, oh, I'm going to beat my mate today. It's not I'm playing a former world champion. Do you, do you think that kind of dy- dynamic can sometimes come into a, into a uh, snooker match? Um, can be. Mm. Um, obviously, obviously, I suppose with what I've done in the game, he obviously looks at me and it's a good scout for him. So, mm. um, obviously, he raises his game and... Um, but then, like you say, you see him next match. He obviously played his good friend Elliot Slesser in the UK and, and got beat. It's like, yeah, it's, it's always always a way. Sort of like it's sport. I suppose you can't have two good days on the trot, or yeah. very rarely it happens. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's just one of those things. It's interesting, Mr. Nugget, you mentioned Carter at the beginning. Obviously, you go way back with Ali as well. I know way back with a lot of people in different relationships. I think that drama on the table is brilliant for fans. You know, there's a bit more to it than perhaps, you know, say, uh, a football team playing a football team. And, you know, there's just a bit more kind of backstory, basically. You know, you said about David Lilly and, and you know, how far you go back. And I guess I think that's sort of one of the one of the lovely things about snooker, isn't it? Yeah, you meet some good people. Like you say, from from the sort of world amateur days, I've met people from all over the world, and and you sort of stay in touch, and mm. yeah, just that friendship and that bond. It, it, it like you say, it goes on for a lifetime, and it's good. Uh, like I say, obviously people go there all the different ways and things like that. Some people still play something, some people don't, and uh, just obviously like I still get sort of good luck and well done messages from obviously all, all the people from back then. So it's, mm. yeah, it's great. It's just sort of like you say, you meet friends for life. Uh, just before we move on from the UK, um, you put up a Facebook post. You commented on the issue of, in quotes, sort of big pockets on the tables. Uh, you explained how you think uh, pace is the key issue that often gets uh, left out of the debate. I just wondered, um, can you expand a little bit more on that for any of our listeners who are interested? Um, yeah, like obviously, like that post. It, uh, obviously, um, someone actually posted made for a true fact that um, on the on the slate, there's obviously a cut. Um, and uh, on on the pocket, and um, sometimes it's a bit rounded, which then grabs the ball a bit earlier to obviously to make the pockets look look bigger. Mm. Um, obviously, we're playing with like brand new class, brand new balls every tournament, so they slide in a lot more easier. If, if like I always say to, to a club player, as soon as the table gets done and try and get like clean the balls, you'll see how big the pockets play. Mm. Um, but obviously, so, sometimes they. I think there's, I, I did sort of say there's about 50 tables on tour because, like, there's obviously one tournament in China. They've got to set up in Leicester for a qualifier. Then from Leicester, you're going to uh, York for the UK. Mm. So there's about 50 tables that are going around on tour, mm. like, for the season. And uh, they all play a little bit different. Um, we had it in the British Open in Cheltenham, and they were like, I think they were new tables, and but they played really, really nippy, right? Uh, really tight, and um, I, I sort of I started refusing balls because I just didn't even fancy them. Oh, really? Wow. But um, but yeah, it's sort of it, obviously when when the table gets three or four days old, it, they they do sort of tighten up a little bit. Yeah. But um, that's maybe probably the big issue, like you say, the pace. You, if the balls are sliding in. Like what that post I put on there, one one was like literally tricking to trickle into the hole, mm. and and it dropped, and then the other one had a little bit of pace and it rattled and stayed there. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's just it, little things like that people probably don't realise. Like that, that people always say about that obviously under the black balls dropping, and say I I sort of 
hold my hands up and agree with a lot of people that the mm. pocket is a little bit generous, but at, at right. the right pace, yeah. they've got more chance of going in. Yeah, it's interesting. It's a bit like cricket where they set up the wicket or whatever it is. Those, those sort of variations, you know, from a spectator point of view, whether you're watching it on telly or, or you're there, you're just looking at, a, you know, a green base. But, you know, down there at, at kind of service level, it's, there's different things, different dynamics, I suppose, yeah? Yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah. Well, listen. I mean, talking about uh, pace and and um, and interesting scenarios. Um, let's move on to the shootout. Uh, um, your eighty-four twenty-nine defeat to Lucas Kleckers uh, in Swansea earlier this month got a, li- a little bit of national media attention for, and it was nothing to do with the snooker, really. Um, in short, the crowd got a little bit rowdy after a football fan started shouting. It was like a in quotes library, and again quotes the Etihad, which is uh, of course Manchester City Stadium, um, due to a lack of a, a perceived lack of atmosphere. Um, I just wondered, did that put you off? And um, given it's now a ranking event. Um, is that crowd involvement now something that needs to be policed a little bit better? Um, I think you've got to take the shootout for what it is. It, it's mm. a bit of fun. Obviously, it gets to the nitty-gritty of the tournament on the last day. Obviously, there's big ranking points and big prize money to, to sort of be, to be had. But um, obviously, I was on the first day. It was pretty quiet. Um, obviously, I come out with my glasses on and, and obviously, I was getting a few like jokes with my glasses right. and things like that yeah but um obviously you, you're sort of trying to like you, you're having a joke with a crowd but you've got to think obviously we're playing for prize money and ranking points so there's a fine line um i, I think i watched a few of the sort of last day matches and and you've got people sort of shouting out as, as people playing shots and sometimes it, it could be like a, a mate of the opponent sure and 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 things like that i suppose it, it could could go wrong, but it it's it's say it's a fine line. What do you do? It's, mm. it's, you got to take it for what it is. But like you say, when it comes to sort of the nitty gritty, little things can sort of put people off. And um, but that, like you're there all, sort of for the whatever four or five days. Yeah. And and you get used to it. Obviously, people like on the blue going, yeah, yeah. and things like that. Obviously, yeah. obviously, you don't get that in normal. No, of that's why so you got to maybe take it for what it is. Yeah, hopefully, it shouldn't be a ranking event because you've got things like that. Well, this is it. This is this was kind of at the heart of my point. You know, I mean, look, we were talking about the table before, and how they play differently. There are variations, but I think at that point, like you say, where you know. It really does become a slightly different sort of sport, does it? I mean, we're going to talk about Paul in a minute, but um, it's you know when you consider that he's still snooker and he's still ranking, it's I guess it's something that's just playing out, isn't it? It's, you've got to keep the spectacle, haven't you? Uh, yeah. Anything else. So um, yeah, I guess yeah. it's just um, it's one to keep an eye on. But um, yeah, I think it, uh, it would maybe probably be better when it like I think it was better when it weren't a ranking event. Right. Yeah. Sure. I think you had I think you had more of the top boys playing in it because it was like a bit of fun and yeah. And, and sort of like entertaining. Yeah. But now it's gone to a ranking event. It's sort of like, say, it's, it's not like, like you say, you, how can you have a ranking event when if you foul, you're putting the white wherever you want. Yeah, on, sure. On the table. Things like the rules is like a little bit different. And yeah. So, it, yeah, um, a, a lot of players are maybe on the same boat that it shouldn't be a ranking event. But then it makes, it makes like the, Sort of like you say, obviously Mark Allen being seeded number one, yeah. first time it's happened. Yeah, but like for like Chris Wakelin who won it last year, it's changed his life. Yeah, yeah, sure. But so his life changing for sort of some of the players that are lower, sort of 
down the rankings. Yeah. It can change. Obviously produced um, a big story with you and uh, losing to uh, a female player, of course. So yeah, it, it yeah. chucks up those stories, doesn't it? it yeah, kind exactly, of, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it yeah. would do that anyway without yeah, sure. being a ranking event. Yeah, but like you say, I think you're right, like, yeah. Chris winning last year definitely changed his life and he's and he's gone on sort of strength to strength from it. You put up a social media post uh, uh, in recent weeks, I think it was um, the middle of last month, in which you showed off your new pool cues, uh, carry case and equipment. Uh, the kit was kindly supplied by McDermott Q, and I'll leave a link to them in the show notes. Um, in the post, you said you plan to, uh, in quotes, take the pool world by storm next year. Uh, and you joked about matching, making you, uh, again, in quotes, first reserve for the uh, Moscone Cup. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, that nearly three-decade-old event is an annual nine-ball tournament between the teams representing Europe and the United States. Um, so, how seriously uh, are you about getting more involved with Paul next year and in the years to come? Yeah, um, I sort of like when I, I played in Germany, uh, the European Masters in the pool. Um, I sort of look around. I'm thinking, this is this is my retirement. When I sort of retire, this is a sort of because it's nice. Sort of a bit more relaxed than snooker. Mm. Um, there's still that pressure. Obviously, people winning. There's obviously prize money to be had, um, but it's it's a bit. E- I'd say a bit easier. It's maybe probably a bit wrong saying that, but for, yeah. for me, for me to obviously from snooker to pool, it's a bit easier. Mm. Um, it, like you say, you see some of the players that they're they're so sort of skillful with the jump shots and mm. and just like even banking shots off off rails and things like that mm. it, there's so much more to it and uh obviously i it, it was a, i was watching it sort of, I, I think i was watching more the moscone cup than than the shootout to be mm. fair. yeah yeah um, but uh yeah just great atmosphere you had obviously jason shaw being the vice captain of the european team just loving the crowd um and all, all the players was, was great to watch and uh like yeah it's just just a brilliant atmosphere and and uh just good to be random sort of people as well. Just before we finish, um, we'll just mark people's cards. You you face Thailand's uh, Manasarwin. Um, again, I said before the show started. I'm, I apologise, but I I'm, I will murder your surname, so I'm just going to stick there. He's obviously a new uh, Thai player on the tour. Uh, you you play him um, tomorrow at the Scottish Open. Um, and then you've got a German Masters qualifier uh, opponent uh, and date uh, to be confirmed. But it will take place between um, December the 18th and the 22nd. So, um, so that's what ahead, uh, what, what's ahead even. Um, but we, <laughs> before we um, start recording, Stuart told me um, in recent times the the family have got a new dog uh, called Rocco, um, and it's uh, it's been dragging Stuart about on the lead in, on the local kind of marshland, I believe. But um, yeah, tell us about the new addition, mate. What, what, what's he like? Yeah, we, we got him in the end of end of August, so he's only he's only about six months old. Right, um, but he's already a, a lump breed. Um, what, what, he's, he's a he's, he's an Alaskan Shepherd, I think they're called. It's right. It's a husky German Shepherd cross. Okay, so he's he's going to be big. Yeah, and he's already big. His paws are about the size of my hands, and right. that's pretty big. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, he's just ruining the house shells. <laughs> Pulling her hair out. Right. Every time we come downstairs, there's a new toy or Christmas decorations pulled to bits. Right. Um, we keep saying to Marnie, put her books and pens and all that um, back upstairs. She don't. Right. And then we come down, they're 
all over the place, all chewed up and everything. So, mm. yeah, Shell's, Shell's on the brink of getting rid of him. Um, right, okay. The, the threats have already come out, are they? That bloody dog, yeah, he's got to yeah, go, yeah. yeah. So uh, the cats ain't, ain't liked to him yet. I'm trying right. to get them together, but um, not not having none of it at the moment. But crucially, um, he's getting you kind of out and walking a bit, is he, and a, and a bit of exercise and stuff? Yeah, it's right? good, because yeah. I, I do some sort of live, uh, live feed on Instagram. Yeah. Um, so obviously people just sort of chat and talk to me and ask me anything um, and I sort of try and reply to, to everything I can Yeah. Um, but yeah it's good just like you say sort of sometimes we go out do about 8 kilometres sometimes yeah. get a nice old walk get a few steps on the step metre and um, yeah it's good just to get out and get some fresh air be careful with those arms mate they're, they're the money maker <laughs> you don't want any shoulders being done in or um, my, hand, my hands have been chewed to bits don't worry yeah. right brilliant uh, Stu that's great thank you very much for your time as always and best of luck for those matches in the run up to Christmas thanks James and Merry Christmas everyone